Welcome back to Sister Ellie Cat's Tea, where we talk about all things church related. And on today, we are going to talk about the book of James. Yes, God is continuing to take us on a journey here in the last quarter of the year. We know that God is blessing us as well as judging the nations, but we are going to learn what he is speaking unto us. So we can be on the right side of the chalk line when God comes through. We want to get all the blessings that he has for us. We don't want him to hold back not one blessing. So we are continuing to learn how to uh, govern ourselves uh, in the church as being a Christian. And listen, James is no different from the apostle paul you know james he was not writing this book or this letter of how to become a christian he was writing this book of how to act like a christian and listen we just found out a lot of how to act in the book of timothy and now the lord has led us here to the book of james that we are going to get a summary of what the book of James has to say to us so we can glean some goodness from it. And I encourage you to read it for yourself. I encourage you to put your eyes on it. I encourage you to uh, speak it out loud, if you will, to so you can hear it. It's something about seeing and hearing at the same time. It gets into your spirit. So that is what we are doing today. We are beginning to talk about the book of James. Now the book of James is a letter written to the scattered believers of Israel. Remember in the book of Amos, we learned that God in the midst of his anger and the midst of his judgment upon his people and the surrounding nations, he said that there would be a remnant left. Everybody wasn't good. You know that the good have to suffer as well with the bad but everybody wasn't good so there was a remnant left that God began to scatter abroad he began to scatter these people among other nations and here James is speaking to those that were scattered now we understand that James is the author of the book of James and James is the oldest brother of Jesus Christ listen James was also the leading overseer of the Judean church. He was the leading overseer of the church in Jerusalem. So yes, James had a little clot and James was someone to reckon with. James knew what he was talking about. So it behooves us to listen to what James has to say to us on today. And just a little background, James was known as an unusually good man. He was surnamed the just by his countrymen. It is said that James spent most of his time on his knees in prayer and that they became hard and callous like a camel's knee. My God from Zion, this was a praying man. So we have to take note from him how to pray and listen i've learned along my christian journey that when you get on your knees to pray be mindful to put something under your knees so your knees will not um, become calloused or become hard or become 
a damage from being on your knees praying yes we can pray in different positions different uh ways uh, uh uh standing we can pray standing we can pray laying down we can pray on our knees we can pray sitting there are different um um ways to pray however when you get on your knees to pray i just encourage you to uh put a pillow or a mat or something on the floor you know to help with your knees and as we can see here with uh james the apostle that yeah he had a little bit of problem with that praying on his knees so we don't want to have callous knees on our prayer journey because we want to pray just as much as james prayed but we don't want to have those callous knees now listen he was very influential both among the jews and among the christian church now this letter was written to christian jews scattered abroad it seems like the book is filled with christian proverbs several number of subjects and the practical phases of the christian life basically what is saying here james covers a wide range of topics applying christianity to specific problems in the church and commanding readers to live out their beliefs don't just believe it but live it as well and a little bit of information on james's death his martyrdom according to josephus and other christian historians shortly before jerusalem was destroyed by the roman army Ananus, the high priest, and the scribes and the Pharisees assembled the Sanhedrin. Now listen, we know that James, we've already found out here that James was the overseer of the, of the church at Jerusalem. But listen, um, Ananus, the high priest, and the scribes and the Pharisees, we have to read about those in the uh for gospels yeah they were something else they assembled and set at the sanhedrin or they assembled the sanhedrin and commanded james to proclaim listen we've learned that james is the brother or half brother if you will james was the half brother and oldest brother of jesus christ but listen what they wanted him to do they commanded james to proclaim from a one of the galleries of the temple which we can call today a balcony they wanted james to proclaim from a balcony of the temple that jesus jesus the christ was not the messiah are you kidding me you want me to proclaim that my brother jesus christ is not the messiah listen but instead james cried out that jesus was the son of god and the judge of the world my god from zion james was not cutting no corners james was not playing no games i'm not playing no games with you jesus is the son of god and he is the judge of the world don't tell me to say that jesus is not the messiah because i got something for you i got something for you and you know i'm just saying all these in my own words but jesus uh james has something for them jesus is the son of god and he is the judge of the world but guess what they did my god from zion such such evil and ruthless people 
they were enraged and they hurled James. They threw him by force from that balcony to the ground and they begin to stone him. My God from Zion. And listen, let me tell you, this man was on his knees at this same time. They were stoning him on his knees, praying to God. And guess what he was saying? He was saying, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they are doing. Forgive them, Father. They don't know what they are doing. Can you imagine this man is being hurled from a building and then and then he's being stoned to death? I mean, they didn't have little rocks. They had huge bricks, brick rock or huge rocks. They were throwing at him, stoning him. But listen, the uh, uh, the scripture tells us or the historians, I should say, the historians tell tell they tell us that a fuller. Uh, a person that clean clothes um, he did an act of goodwill basically he was charitable he did an act of goodwill and he ended James suffering with the club so in other words he went to James with a club and he uh, ended his suffering basically he finished off him Philip he killed him basically. I'm trying to put it in a good way. But he finished the task. He just killed him because they were stoning him. Because being stoned to death, that is torture. Instead of allowing James to be tortured to death or to die slowly, he just hit him with a club and ended it. So that was an act of goodwill listen that was an act of goodwill instead of being uh dying slowly being stoned to death he just hit him with a club and took him out and i'm i'm quite sure james was grateful for that now listen this man is being stoned to death and he is saying father forgive them because they don't know what they're doing <laughs> and we just have somebody to come up against us at work and we get all out of shape about it. This man was being stoned to death. And he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They don't have a clue. Yeah. <laughs> Where did this kind of passion come from? And can we have some of that? Yes, we can have some of that passion. It comes from the faithfulness to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We can have that. We can have that same mindset. We can have that same passion. We can have that same faithfulness. When you know that you know without a shadow of a doubt, there is no devil in hell that can make you believe otherwise. There is no devil in hell. When you know that Jesus is the Son of God, that you, when you know that Jesus is the Messiah, there is no devil in hell or out of hell can tell you otherwise. Why? Because you have had an experience. You have had an encounter with God. And you all you need is one encounter, one encounter. Yes, all you have to have is one encounter with God. 
and ain't no devil in hell can make you believe otherwise. There, there is no, uh, I don't care how the devil come up against you. No voodoo, hoodoo, witchcraft, old base, centuria, none of that. None of that will make you uh, turn your back on God because you know who he is. Just one encounter. That's all you need. And you will have the same mindset as James had. You will have the same mindset as Paul had. You will have the same mindset all of the apostles had. All of the, the great men and women of God throughout the Bible. You will have that same mindset because you, you know that you know without a shadow of a doubt that God did it for you or that God opened the door or that God healed your body or that God uh, uh, cleared your mind, gave you a sound mind, that God Lord, brought you out of a, a, a horrible situation. You know without a shadow of a doubt that it was God, then no devil in hell or no devil out of hell. Yes, I said out of hell can change your mindset. Now listen, the book of James is most likely the first book written in the New Testament. There are more reminiscences of Jesus' teaching in this letter than in any of the other New Testament letters combined. More than half of its 108 verses consist of requirements and commandments. Yes, James, he is not cutting no corners. James is not playing with us. James is telling us like we can say in the country he is telling us like it is is james is telling it like it is so yes we have much to glean from the book of james and in many ways it is a proverbs of the new testament why because james he talks on many different subjects and he uh gives it to us as though it was like proverbs you know sayings you know uh good teachings and 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 we'll get into that and we're going to find that. And I admonish you to read it for yourself so you can know exactly what I'm talking about because I am just giving it a summary. Remember, I just give out summaries unless the Lord uh, tells me to dig deep into it because um, we ourselves are supposed to read the Bible for ourselves. And we are supposed to not only read it, but we are supposed to study it for ourselves. But I am here to help you in your process. I'm here to give you a little bit of tidbit of information here and there to help you when you study so to get a, a, a better understanding of it, especially for those who read um, the King James Version. Yes, that is a version to read. That is the version that I read as the version I study from. However, um, I do use like the NIV and other, I use other versions in order to uh, get my notes and things of that nature. So we're going to get back into it now. In many ways, it is a Proverbs. It is the Proverbs of the New Testament. It is full of godly wisdom and practical instructions for living a genuine Christian life. It is written with crisp commands and vivid analogies. Listen, James is not playing with us and we're going to get into it. James is a keen observer of the operation of nature and of 
fallen human nature. Now, so he's going to use some analogies that we have to uh, think about and get into, you know, but they, these analogies are broken down very well for us. Now, he often draws lessons from the former to expose the latter. The book of James emphasizes more than any other New Testament book the necessary relationship between faith and works. And I am so excited to get into faith and works. And let me tell you, just reading the book of James myself, I am I am putting my faith, I put in works with my faith and I'm putting faith with my works. I am teaching and just in the simplest, the simplest ways, the things that I just do around the house, I am working on it. I am uh, uh, using what I've gleaned from the book of James and I am putting it into action just as the book of James tells us. So we're going to get into that and we're going to learn more about that. And also James is sometimes called the Amos of the New Testament. Why? Because he vigorously addresses issues of social injustice and inequality. Listen, we know that James uh, Amos harped on it how the poor were being treated and listen let me tell you these are the same people that James or the same uh, clan if you will of the same Israelites that Amos you know he preached to he uh, uh, prophesied to about the social injustice and the things that they were how they were treating the poor and the things that they were doing but listen this is that same remnant these are those same people and James is coming back with some of the same things the social injustice and the inequality my God from Zion and that happens with us today sometimes the Lord has to tell us over and over and over again about our sin or about what is right and what is wrong. A lot of times he has to tell us over and over and over and over about what his word speaks and what his his laws and his commandments. He has to tell it to us over and over or how to uh, have faith, increase our faith or how to love and how to uh, forgive and you know how not to walk in pride. It has to be told us over and over again. So we don't bash the children of Israel or the people of Israel because we go through the same thing. We have to be told over and over and over again for some reason that human nature, our human nature, that Adam nature, it gets in the lead at times and we have to reel ourselves in and say, listen, the word of God says this. Sister Alicat's tea. You can't do that, or you shouldn't be doing that. You got to reel yourself in and do as the word of God says. And repent. Remember, we have to repent when we go uh, do things or say things or act against the word of God, against the will of God, against the laws of God, against the rules and the principles of God. We have to repent and say, Lord, forgive me. And we have to turn and do the right thing. Sometimes we have to reel ourselves in. I don't know about you, but I do. I have to reel myself in. Why? Because my flesh, the Bible tells us that the flesh is weak. But the spirit is willing and sometimes that flesh gets in the lead where we're not doing the things that we're supposed to do. And, and also the Bible tells us, you know, we don't want to be so spiritual that we're no 
earthly good we're no good in the flesh no we don't want to walk around uh like we're walking on clouds and in heaven all the time no we live upon this earth so we're not uh walking in heaven all the time or we're not walking on a cloud all the time or we're not in a flower bed of ease all the time so we have to remind ourselves or we have to uh uh come to ourselves as the bible said with the prodigal son he he came to himself and he had realized that listen i do not have to live like this sometimes we have to say listen we're not supposed to live like this or we're not supposed to be doing these things so we have to remind ourselves or we have to um do the things of God, if you will. I am so far off track. So let me get back off track. We are going to start at chapter one. The attitude that we must have in our trials. Listen, James is not playing with us. He comes straight out of the gate telling us about our attitudes and our trials. Listen, this letter is written to the scattered believers, which we've all already known in all nations being persecuted now they were being persecuted and we all go through some type of persecution why because we are the children of god we are believers we um profess to live for christ we profess to believe that jesus christ is the son of god and when we do that the enemy satan and his cohorts they will come up against us they do not like that when you say that you love god and you love him uh, uh from the bottom of your heart the devil don't like that so yes he brings persecution in all different types of forms and fashions he brings persecution against the people of god and therefore james is writing to encourage and to give us guidance he's he's writing to the scattered believers but we ourselves are reading this letter and we are going to glean from it and we're going to get what we need from it we may need every single verse we may need every 108 verses of this a letter or we may not need every 108 verses but listen we do not want to cut ourselves short we don't want to uh, i learned from my um I, I almost said my pastor i learned from the woman of god that i follow on social media she said we don't want to walk around in pride we don't want to think okay i don't need this uh say for instance i don't need this in my case or, or in this case here i don't need this scripture it's not for me that scripture is not for me listen we don't want to walk around like that we don't want to say that scripture is not for me but this scripture is listen all scripture is for us and we may not need it today but you best believe we may need it on tomorrow so we want to glean and we want to get everything from the scripture and we want to use that which we need today and we can put what we don't need today we can put it in our arsenal so when we do need it we can take it out of our bag and we can use it against the devil or we can use it to encourage ourselves or we can use it to reel ourselves in when we have gotten out of control listen the word of god it does all that it is for us to fight up against the enemy is for us, our encouragement and god and it's for us to uh um uh, 
be accountable, uh, uh, be, make ourselves, our own selves accountable. Because listen, the Bible tells us that we can deceive our own self. We talked about that in Timothy. So we want to get into this scripture and see what it says to us. Now, James starts out encouraging his fellow believers to be full of joy. Joy. That's the attitude. Joy. Faith difficulty with an attitude of joy my god from zion we can just stop right there and just think uh you say what what did you say james did you say face my difficulty uh, with an attitude of joy when i am being beat on and abused by my husband the man who said that he loved me and he adored me and we made the vows of, of, of till death do us part and he literally beats me every day and uh, James you're saying face this with joy um, okay uh, God's gonna have to deal with me on that he's gonna have to work with me a little bit Yes, this is what James is saying. This is what we can take for us. This is the attitude that we must have in our time of trouble. And see here in the book of James, the Israelites, they were slaves. They were slaves to the other nations. Some of them were slaves. I'm not going to say all, but some of them were slaves to the other nations. So yeah, they had to take that with joy is what he's saying he said when you have many kinds of testing diverse kinds when you are tested on every side i mean you wake up and and and, and uh you f fall out the bed and break your ankle or or you uh, going to the take a shower and you fall in the shower anything any of those things because you know the enemy can and put well, I don't want to get into that. Anyway, anything that comes up against you to stop your progress or or you can get a call in, um, from your bank or you get a call from your doctor and the, the news is bad or you can get a call from your child and the news is bad. Your child is in uh, jail and, and, and you want to know what, what's going on. You know anything. He said diverse kinds of testings. You are being tested my sister. You are being tested my brother. He said when you have many kinds of testings you should be full of joy because these situations test your faith. Yeah. They test your faith. We can use sickness, infirmity for one instance. You get a phone call from the doctor and, and they found a mass. Or your blood work come back and it's wrong. It, it ain't right. It's got some stuff in there. This is a test of your faith. The Bible tells us uh, um, Jesus was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. We are already healed by the stripes. The stripes that Jesus took. When they beat him. 
with these whips that had nails and pieces of iron at the tips of it. So every time they whipped him and pulled back, his flesh was ripped from his body. Yeah. He went through that for us to be healed. And how dare we not have faith in God for a healing. My God from Zion, I'm getting emotional about this thing. Listen, how dare we? He went through that for us. He didn't have to do it. He did not have to do that, but he did it for us. And how dare we not? We say that we are a Christian and we're going to get into that here in the book of James. We say that we have faith and we don't believe that the word of God tells us by his stripes we are healed. How dare we? My God from Zion. Let me get into that because I can go into a whole nother uh, uh, direction. But we're going to get back to the book of James. My God from Zion, just thinking about that uh, 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 brings uh, sadness to my soul. Because we, the things that Jesus did for us. And we're not going through nothing. Nobody's beating us and ripping the flesh from our bones. Or in my case, anyway. Nobody's beating me and, and ripping the flesh from my bone. How dare I? sit in a state of war is me how dare i say I, I don't believe god for my healing i don't believe god for my deliverance my god from zion let's move on you should be full of joy because these situations test your faith don't look at it as a punishment don't look at it as a curse and don't look at it as a calamity. Why? Because it will give you endurance is what James is telling us. Why? Because you will endure. And let me tell you from my experience, I, it, is, it is the truth. When you first get into, uh, in my case, when I first got into my uh, uh, a trial or uh, in trials or whatever have you, when you're first into it, you know, you have your faith is shaky or you are you wondering or you have a, you may have a, we can get down into it. We may be double minded one day where I, I got faith and the next day um, I, I'm, I am like, Lord, what's going on? When is this going to happen? Lord, deliver me, please. Lord, I need you. God, don't you see me? I'm in many afflictions. Yeah, it could be like that. But as you continue in that trial and God continues to give you strength and God continues to answer your prayer and God continues to anoint you with his the anointing of the Holy Spirit. When God continues to do his part as we are doing our part, as we are praying, or as we are communing with God, as we are uh, reading his word and getting it on the inside of us, as we are uh, uh, increasing our faith, learning to walk in faith as we're doing our part and God is doing his part. Then uh, on the other side of that trial, when you begin about to walk out of that trial, then you can look and say, are you serious? 
Do you think that still bothers me? Come on now. No. That little thing that you do. You can say, uh, for instance, your husband. That little thing that you do that used to bother me. That don't bother me anymore. Are you kidding me? This is the mindset that you will grow and you will gain in your trial. You you'll be like, seriously, that doesn't bother me anymore. That, that, that makes me laugh at you because you think that bothers me. Now, this far along, I'm almost out of my trial. I'm about to step on the side of the shore. I'm out of the water. I'm about to step on this out of the fire and you think that what you started in the beginning of my trial still bothers me? Come on now. Yeah, yeah. Keep doing that and you're going to see. Uh, I can, how we say it, I can show you better than I can tell you because sometimes you tell people things and they don't listen to you, but I can show you. I can show you by how I have faith in God. I can show you my faith and I am getting way ahead of myself. I can show you my faith through by my works. The things that I do will show you the faith that I have in God. Come on, somebody. Is anybody going with me here today? Yes, we will gain endurance. We are encouraged to face our trials with joy because of the righteous fruit they produce in us. My God from Zion, as we persevere in faith and in hope, the righteous fruit. Yeah, why? Because we can quote the scripture. Uh, greater is he that's on the inside of me than he that's in the world. Get back, devil. Take that. Yes, we can quote the scripture. Yes, that is what James is telling us. They have an attitude of joy. But listen, honey, listen, it is not always easy. And we're going to get to that as well. Our faith can only reach full maturity. Listen, when faced with trials and opposition. Drop the mic. That's a mic drop right there. Our faith, the faith that we have in God, the faith to believe the things of God, the nature of God, the uh, ways of God, what God can do for us. That faith can only be reached or only reach full maturity. Now, yeah, mature, being mature in your faith. Is when we're faced with trials and opposition, trials and tribulations, as they said in the old church. When you're faced with trials and tribulations, that's the only that's the only way you can reach for maturity. Because if you don't go through nothing, how, how are you going to be mature in something? If you don't go through anything that tests your faith. How can your faith grow? Yes. I don't know about you, but I remember in a time when we would always say, well, you know, Lord, I want, I want patience. I want patience. And boy, we the saints, 
We would want patience to wait on God, but we didn't want to ask God for patience because we knew he was going to put us in a situation to where we were going to have to have patience. See, that was an immature mindset that let looking back on it. That lets me know that we were uh, novices in the faith. We were children in the faith. We were immature in the faith because we thought like that. We had that mindset. I'm afraid to ask God for patience because I know he's going to put me in a situation where I am going to have to have patience. But no, we here, listen here in the book of James, we got to uh, patience. We got to ask God for patience. That is something that we need in this day and in this season. I, I basically on almost on a daily basis, I'm asking God, Lord, give me patience. In the midst of my trial, in the midst of my tribulation, I need patience. I need patience to wait on you. Because see, um, Sister Ali Cass T wants to handle it herself. Sister Ali Cass T wants to put her hand in the pot and do it herself. But no. She can't do that because most likely that's going to make the situation worse. That's going to prolong the time that God has uh, uh, allotted for the trial. Come on now. There is a time and a season. God has an allotted time for each thing that we go through, each trial that we go through. Listen. Yeah, when, when that trial starts, God said, okay, on such and such a date, that trial is going to end. But if we put our fingers and our hands in it or, 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 or our common sense that we're supposed to have or, or our wisdom, earthly wisdom in it, we, that might prolong the time. God may have to uh, 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 father the time or increase the time. And we don't want him to do that. Come on, listen now, listen. These are things that I've learned along the way. We don't want to increase the time of our trial by putting our fingers and our hands in the pot. My God from Zion. Trials are sometimes brought into our lives so that God can test the sincerity of our faith. It's like, okay, you say you have faith in me. I, I want to see um, just what kind of faith you have. You say you have faith, but um, I'm going to allow this. I'm going to allow the devil to come up against you to see just what kind of faith that you, you said you had faith in God. You said that you believe God. I believe God. Okay, let's see just how much you believe God. <laughs> but listen, nowhere in the scripture does it teach us that trials that come in our lives show that God is displeased with us. I want to make that clear. Do not let anybody tell you that the trials that you go through in your life is showing you that God is displeased with you. 
It is nowhere in the Bible. The scripture does not teach that. Hear me and hear me well. The scripture does not teach that the trials that come to us in our lives show that God is displeased with us. You can find that nowhere. But instead, your trials, they indicate that God recognizes your faith and he has confidence in your commitment to him. Come on, somebody. We want to go to Job real quick. Let's go to Job chapter 1, verses 6. We're going to read this. We're going to find out. We're going to, we are going to expose that devil today. We are going to pull the clothes back, or pull the covers back, and expose that demon, that spirit that tells you that God is displeased with you, that the devil is a lie. Let's go to Job chapter 1. And we are going to start at verse 6. And I will be reading from the King James Version. Listen, the Bible says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. The sons of God, those are the angels. They are going to visit God. And Satan came along or uh, came also among them so listen the angels are going to have a meeting with god and guess who shows up satan shows up with them and the lord said unto satan whence comest thou where you coming from satan then satan answered the lord and said i'm coming i'm adding a word there i'm coming from going to and fro in the earth because earth here where we live is satan's domain i'm from going to and fro in the earth back and forth and from walking up and down in it so satan is looking he is searching he's seeking for somebody that he can uh trouble my god from zion verse 8 and the lord said unto satan has thou considered have you thought about Sister Alicat's tea? Have you thought about Susan? Have you thought about my, Have you thought about Scott? Have you thought about him? My God from Zion. And the Lord said unto Satan, Has thou considered my servant Job, my servant, the servant of God, that there is none like him in the earth? There is nobody in the whole earth earth like Job. Come on somebody. Can God say that about you? I'm thinking to myself, can God say that about Sister Ellie Katz? My God, have you considered my servant Job that there is none like him in the earth? A perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God, and one that escheweth evil, one that uh, runs from evil or gets away from evil or don't don't allow evil to come in his direction, if you will. He is saying, "Have you considered him? This is my servant. 
And said, Doth Job and Satan said, Come on now, listen to what Satan said. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Does Job fear God for nothing? Satan is asking the Lord a question. He said, Has not thou made a hedge about him? Aren't you protecting him? And about his house? And everything that dwells with or, or deals with him, his house, his person, his personage, his property, his children, his family. And about all that he had on every side, all of his possessions. He said, thou has blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land. So that's why Job, in other words, Job, fear you. This is what Satan is saying to God. And we're going to have to get out of here. Job fears you because you got a hedge around him, protecting him. In other words, you can say, for instance, your angels are protecting him. And it's a, a protecting his house. Protecting uh, everything that he has. You know, you, you got your angels protecting him. You know, Psalms uh, 91 tells us the Lord gives us uh, angels uh, to protect us, to see about us in all of our ways. And if we as much as dash our foot against the stone, they're going to lift us up in their hands. Yeah. Psalms 91. Read it for yourself. Verses 11 and 12 at that. But Joe, uh, Satan is saying, you protecting everything that he has. His family, his children, you even blessing the works of his hands. When he go out in the field and work in the field, it is blessed. If he were to make something, uh, uh, um, if he were to make bowls of clay, it's blessed. If he would uh, make clothes, it's blessed. Whatever he does with his hands, it is blessed. We can read about that in Psalms uh, chapter 1. Whatever you do shall prosper when you seek after God and do the things of God. Come on, somebody, read it for yourself. That's Psalms uh, chapter 1. He said, Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. Verse 11. But put forth thine hand now, and touch all that he hath. And he will curse thee to thy face. So Satan is telling God, basically, in so many words, a roundabout way, let me go down there and work a work. Let me go down there and see what he's all about. Let me touch him. You know, take away that hedge of protection. Take all that away. Take those angels away. Let me have some time with him and see what he's going to do. He is going to curse you and then die. Or curse you to your face in so many words. Well, that's what the scriptures say. The scripture actually says in the King James Version, And he will curse thee to thy face. Verse 12. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thine power. 
only upon himself. Put not forth thy hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. So the Lord said, okay. It's on now. You know, I'm putting it in my own words. We got to make this thing uh, special here. So the Lord is saying, okay. So it's on now. I'm going to take away my angels. I'm going to take away everything. And, and I'm going to let you have your way with Job. But the only thing that you cannot do, you cannot touch his body. The scripture says, only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So only upon his natural body. You can't do nothing with that. But you can do something with everything else. It's on now. So listen, if God is saying that about Job, what makes you think he can't say the same thing about you? Huh? I guess I'm waiting for an answer. Yes, he can say the same thing about you. Listen, don't feel like God is displeased with you or God is, uh, uh, or, or, uh, uh, judging you, I could say, in a time when you're going through your trials and your tribulations. If you are a child of God, if you are following his rules and his principles, you're living by his commandments, all of that, when you're doing everything that you know how to do according to God's will, and you fall in a trial, don't think that God is displeased with you. Don't think that God is mad with you. Don't think that God is judging you. A lot of things, they, they must come to pass. But remember, God, he recognizes what you have on the inside. Why? Because he put it there, first of all. He put it there and you are doing something with it. You are increasing in it. You are not just letting it lay dormant. You are working that faith. You are working that love. You are working whatever gift that God has placed on the inside of you. We heard about it in Timothy, stirring it up. You are stirring up the gifts that God has given it, given to you. You're not laying it on a rock or you're not under a rock or you're not burying it in the sand. You're not burying those talents. You are using it. You are doing something to bring forth something new. So please don't let the devil tell you. We are uncovering that devil today. God recognizes your faith and he has confidence in your commitment to him. Just as he did with Job. Why can't he do the same thing with you? What he did with Job. Yes, he can. He can do it. Now listen. He did not say for us to be joyous for our trials. Now. If you joyous for your trial, something wrong with you. I'm joy I'm gonna sister Alec can't say something wrong with you if you joyous for your trial. But the Bible is telling us to be joyous in the midst of our trials. Because if you want a bunch of trials to be coming your way constantly and you glad for that, uh some something is wrong with you. But while you're in the midst of those trials that you didn't ask for, <laughs> my God from Zion, you need to be joyous in the midst. Let the devil know you ain't got nothing on my God. You ain't got nothing on Jesus Christ. Hunty, you ain't got nothing on the word of God. Greater is he that dwells on the inside of me 
than he that's in the world. Be joyous in the midst of our trials. Now, I'm not telling you every day going to be a flower bed of ease. It's not going to be roses every day. You're not going to wake up and you're not going to smell roses by the side of your bed every day. There are going to be days when those roses are dead and you're going to smell the decay of roses. But it's not going to be like that all the time. Every day is not going to be like that. Just like every day is not going to be joyous, every day is not going to be the smell of decay either. So in the mist, be joyous because the Bible tells us many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God delivers us, deliver, he delivers us out of them all. Every single one of them. I may have a fl- affliction today, but the God is going to deliver me out of that affliction. And I may not have that affliction tomorrow. I may have an affliction this week, but next week I am not going to have an affliction. Listen, at least not that same particular affliction. Why? Because God strengthens us. Yes, he sends his angels to minister to us. He sends the Holy, the Holy Spirit is here to help us. Now listen, we find in scripture that the joy of the Lord, they're saying the joy of the Lord is our strength. It's our refuge, our protection, a place of safety. Therefore, we gain from being joyful. And you can find that scripture in Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10. And I want to say verse 10b. But remember 2 Timothy as well. We just came out of Timothy. Remember 2 Timothy chapter 2 verses 20 and 21. It says, but in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and of earth. And some vessels are to honor and some vessels are to dishonor. If a man... If a man therefore purges himself from these, from these ungodly ways, is what he's saying, from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, listen, unto honor, sanctified, and meet for the master's use. We just talked about this in Timothy. And prepared unto every good work. So, yes, we talked about those vessels. You know, some vessels are vessels that we eat out of. And some vessels are vessels that um, we put garbage in. The uh, vessel unto honor we eat out of, just for an example, a bowl. A vessel to dishonor is a vessel uh, what you put garbage in. But it's a vessel that is needed for your house. So we got, we got good vessels and we got bad vessels. If you want to look at it in that sense. For the good and for the bad. But we need both vessels. And, and the Bible tells us if, we, if any man, if we purge ourselves from our ungodly ways. And we get rid of that bad. If we purge ourselves from that garbage that's on the inside of us. We can turn that garbage can, that bad vessel, that vessel unto dishonor, and we can use it for honor. 
we can turn that garbage can into a flower pot and have beautiful roses growing out of it. Yeah, that then that will be a vessel unto honor. And not only that, when we get rid of all that garbage out of us, we are a vessel unto honor. God will sanctify us and we will be meat for his use. We will be something good for him to use. Especially in such a time as this in 2022. God needs vessels. Vessels unto honor. Somebody that he can use. Somebody that's clean of all the garbage that he can use to preach the good news to teach the good news of Jesus Christ. And it says, prepared unto every good work. Yes, that is in 2 Timothy 2, 20 and 21. We've already talked about that. Now here in the book of James, James is alluding to external trials, outside trials, things that come up against us. The testing of our stamina, our resistance to hardship. A lot of times we uh, things come upon us that is testing our resistance our, to hardship. Yes. But later on, James is going to deal with uh, uh, that inner temptation of sin. That thing that messes with our thoughts and that inner man and our emotions and our feelings. But here... He's just talking about external things. Yes. So listen, guys, we are in talking about some good stuff here. We are learning some good things from the book of James. We are gleaning and we are gleaning well. We are getting things that we can put in our bag. We can put in our arsenal that we can come back and tell the devil, get back. God says such and such and such. Or we can tell ourselves, now listen here. Susan, listen here, Scott. You're not supposed to be doing that. Why? Because the word of God told us over in the book of James that you can't be doing those things or you should be doing these kind of things. Or we can uh, glean something or we're gleaning something and say yes. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me, I will bless the Lord. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. God is merciful and his mercy endure from everlasting to everlasting. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? When my enemies, my foes, they came up against me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and they fell. Come on, somebody. The goodness of the Lord. Yes, 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 yes. We are gaining some good things here in the book of James. And we are just getting started. My God, some Zion. Praise God. Praise God. I'm telling you, I'm excited about it. But we have got to close this thing out. I want to thank you for listening to Sister Allie Cat's Tea, where we talk about 
all things church related and listen god is giving us some good stuff here he is continuing us on a journey of how we are to conduct ourselves as being a christian we are we learned how to conduct ourselves inside the church now he's telling us how to live as a christian what we are supposed to do what attitudes that we are supposed to have in the midst of our trials in the midst of our troubles how we are supposed to act as a christian we are learning some good stuff here and listen we are going to put our faith with our words we are going to put these things in our arsenal and we are going to use them on a daily basis why because we want to be a vessel unto honor we want to be used by god in this last and evil day we want to snatch somebody out of the thongs out of the hands of the devil that the deceitful enemy we want to snatch that soul back into the kingdom of light out of the kingdom of darkness in jesus mighty name i am excited about it again i thank you for listening to sister Allie cast t and guess what i will talk to you soon and i love you with the love of christ goodbye and see you soon talk to you soon